0: When I say the word friendship, what's some of the first things that come to you?
1: Sunlight. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Family. Probably for me, trepidation. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, joy and the coherence of it all and community. So kind of like a journey, I guess, comes to mind.
0: That is really interesting. I I had not really thought about friendship as a journey, but of course that makes so much sense. It always is a journey. And that's an interesting mirror of the life experience itself is journey. And coming from a life as I did when I was younger, where I was so isolated, friendship and connection stuff has been a big subject of mine for a long time. So I've kind of gotten to see, I think, outside of the system, looking into the system, the social systems, maybe from a different perspective than a lot of people have. And I love that you just said trepidation is a part of that journey because that's a really key aspect for a lot of people. I even think like we can communicate with somebody and it can be in friendship or we can communicate with people outside of friendship. It's like a different internal form or something like that.
1: Yeah, I guess I was just sort of, as you're talking, thinking about what those nuances are and what those look like. That is interesting. That's exactly what I want to talk about. Yeah, because you can be friendly. Right. (laughs) But not be particularly have friendship with the person you're being friendly
0: to. Friendship does seem to indicate that there is some kind of a rhythm that's developed Mm -hmm. of friendly communication. Uh, over time, that has built into some kind of familiarity. Right. In which as, as soon as you see the person, you're like, ah, oh, I know when I see you, as soon as I see you, a part of me, I already thought I was open, but then I'm just like, ah. Oh, right. A little more open. I'm excited. I'm interested to hear what you have to say or what you've been thinking.
1: Right? It's like an agreement.
0: It is. It's like an agreement to open mm-hmm. in a certain way.
1: And an agreement to find. Like instantly find the the way back to the place that you last were together. Wow. Right? That that place of more open. That place of whatever that feeling is, like when I first see you, I get like a rise and I get that sense of like, oh yay, fun. Jesh is here. And with that I get a sense of um all the things and all the conversations and all the what it's like to be in your presence, what it's like to feel our molecules intermingle, whatever that agreement is, mm-hmm. that there's a give and a take and a, a sensation that surrounds it. When I see you, that's what all gets constellated.
0: So. It's almost like a bookmark to a certain version of ourself, like a certain part in the journey mm-hmm. you know
1: i can see that it's the same as if you see somebody and you really had a good time with them or you've f- you had a moment but they maybe didn't share that moment <laughs> I give you a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not quite that extreme, but like, you know, you had a, you had a, you know, you felt particularly moved by an interaction.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. But yes. maybe
1: they didn't, or maybe they're just not connected in the same way or whatever. And so when you see them, you get that sense of like, oh, and then they look at you like, what? And you're like, right. And so you're still going to wow. have it, but there's not that agreement that, yes, I had it yes. too. Let's meet there again. And so now we're friends. friendship is circuit, for sure. Circuit, friendship, that's friendship the word. Is circuit. Yeah.
0: That's so interesting because as you're saying that, what I'm thinking about is, you know, someone who like loves a poet's work or something and has just had this incredible experience with it and then goes and meets the poet. <laughs> right. You know, the and is so effusive and so yeah. like extra and so excited. Right. And then the poet is kind of just like, ah. Oh. That is interesting. But, I mean, that's another element that I kind of wanted to explore friendship too, because one of the reasons I do connect with you so well and have so much respect for you is you've spent a lot of time developing friendship with yourself, developing friendship with aspects of the world that many people don't even know exist. And I think speaking of friendship from the perspective of journey is a really interesting Uh, take on that because I mean there's this Anise Nin quote that we talked about in the last one that I I really love it's something like every friend draws out a world in you that would never even have existed if it wasn't for the meeting of that particular friend and so I think about you with like a wolf or something that you met in a dream or a tree that you saw one time or a, a certain moment you know when you were dancing near water or in the sun and it's like, in some way, can those be described as friendships? And if they can be, what is different about you in those moments that's able to enter into that circuit versus other times when you're not or versus most people who might just pass that right by?
1: Well, I think that's an interesting question for me specifically as it relates to friendship because I think I became good at that because I also grew up without people, right? So I grew up largely isolated. And so there wasn't any people. And so there were things like animals, and the water, and the land itself, and the air, and then the spiritual beings that would come and hang out with me. So those were my friends. And so my daughter makes fun of me because I always say my best friend growing up was a goat. (laughs) It's true. I had a goat and a horse and a couple of dogs and a bunch of cats.
0: What was the goat's name? (laughs)
1: Murdoch. Like from the A-team.
0: Awesome. And what kind of, uh, like what elements of that goat and your relationship with the goat uh, were the most compelling that you chose that as the best friend rather than?
1: I think it was just the most playful. Like the dog was always guarding me, not guarding me, like against me, but always watching to make sure I was okay. Mm -hmm. The goat was just a kid, literally, and wanted to play. And then interestingly, after my parents divorced and we moved away and I saw the goat again, it didn't recognize me because I had grown. And so we weren't friends anymore. Mm. And that was really striking. Because that, again, was in me still alive but it wasn't reciprocated because it wasn't recognized.
0: I think that's a really key piece, the mm-hmm. recognition. I
1: think so too. It's the know? agreement.
0: It's it's the agreement. Yeah. It has to be that recognition and that familiarity. I mean, you look at how friendships form and I it's a it's something I've looked at so much in almost all of my work because I didn't have it because I was so obsessed with it and fascinated, but I found it amazing that Two people who fall in love, let's say, may have passed each other on the street many, many times before and had no response, no reaction at all, didn't even notice the other person existed. But then once there's that history and all of those agreements and all that experience, you pass each other on the street and there's an entirely different you know, body response. And so the same molecules without that agreement, without that recognition, don't uh, chemicalize in the same way
1: Exactly. You know. There's no resonance.
0: There's no resonance to that. and
1: So there's a certain awareness.
0: There's a prerequisite. Right. Of friendship. Right. And the, the recognition, that one just rings so loudly in me, you know, because that is the reason why I cherish the moments we have so much together is because I just recognize so much about you and how you've spent your time in this way that I, is even hard to describe but it's such a particular aspect of you and what you bring that when I meet you or when I see you it's almost like I'm in a like a a temple or something it's dark and just goes back for so long like just arches you know that just arch back 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 into the distance but even though there's a quietness there it's like you can tell that the place has been filled with so much prayer over thousands and thousands of years or something it's like the beams themselves have been an audience to so many sacred moments i recognize that in you and it could be that somebody who hasn't spent a weird life in the way that i have (laughs) might not recognize that part and if i was super into like trucks and the football game last night which no offense against those things but if that was where my main area of focus in, I might right. not appreciate those same things about you.
1: Right. You wouldn't see me.
0: I wouldn't see you.
1: Right. And so that there's a certain kind of seeing that in each other that sparks this kindred aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this story that you had mentioned earlier about the sun and your relationship to the sun in this experience that you had. And this understanding that, oh, you can have a relationship with the sun. There's an exchange. There's a resonance. And there's an agreement that goes way, 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 way beyond. I mean, we're so in agreement with the relationship to the sun that it's everything. Right? And so when we consciously remember that and embody that by communicating and having this interaction then we engage the elements in a way that's this mutually reciprocating field of resonance and I believe conscious meeting.
0: I love that and I'm also thinking as you're saying that that because our senses are mostly targeted to the external, when people are in friendships, the majority of what they're feeling or experiencing will tend to be seeming to be the things that are being given or shared from the other side. Because of that, I think their responsibility, their power, their contribution to the formation of such a circuit is underplayed, is diminished, is is obscured. And so a big part of this for me is I, I want to draw awareness to how much of it has to do with you. Going back to this story of me looking at the sun, it's like I've seen the sun every single day of my life. Never once did I even consider being in relationship with it, even though I have been in relationship with it from a lot of different levels. I wasn't aware of that. And my awareness of that suddenly opened up this dialogue with me and it, at least as I can conceive of it, that allowed, I think the thing you said, the seeing. You know, I saw it, and that seems to be the first moment that made it all possible.
1: And I think that that kind of seeing... Whether it's with people or animals or plants or trees or elements is not available through the mind.
0: Mm.
1: There's a recognition that happens when it's happening. I think that it happens first in the in the body. It happens first in the sixth, eighth, tenth senses. It doesn't happen in the mind only. And when it and some do. And I think beginnings of relationships are often built in the mind and we have all this narrative around them and maybe that's when the idea gets underplayed what each person's responsibility is because we just think of what's coming in our direction but we're also framing that into a narrative and a story of who this person is and what that does for me and how that makes me feel etc cetera, etc cetera. but I don't think that those mental understandings of the relationship are the truer aspects. Those are not the seeing aspects. Like for instance, have you had the experience, I know I have, where the most important people mostly in my life, when I first met them, it's like oftentimes they're illuminated, backlit so strongly that I can't avoid knowing that this is an important meeting and that didn't happen in my mind at all. Mm. That just happened in the moment of our two awarenesses coming together. And so there's something about evolving friendship past this sort of externalized mm. narrative and bringing it into this sort of heartfelt experience that's based on how we feel together, what we share, and what we sense, perceive, love that see, I think that's important.
0: I am hearing from that there's this kind of more mechanical, social way of building quote-unquote friends that we learn how to do, or most people do. I kind of skipped out on that part. Me too. (laughs) But most people do, you know, and it usually has to do with meeting socially injected targets, you know, such as being the most popular person in school or getting on the cheerleading team or not eating lunch alone at the table or whatever. There's these kind of targets that are set for children going into the system that become symbols for success become symbols for egoic exaltation like that i'm okay that i'm even just okay maybe ex- exaltation is too strong
1: well socially acceptable is really important
0: yes yeah it's and it's linked of course you know, to our survival if if mm-hmm. we don't get accepted socially you know that's equated to the death so i guess what i'm trying to say is there is this almost certain form of what we call friendship that was probably largely initiated by fear of death, if we really go right to the totally. root of it. It's really interesting uh, when you're talking about this to think from a deeper, almost like a spiritual level of could it be that there are some people that come along and your spirit wants you to have a friendship with this person for reasons that are inscrutable and mysterious, you know, and don't necessarily fit into a this will get me at the lunch table where all the cool kids sit kind of thing. Because we call that friendship and we call this other one friendship and they're not the same thing. In the work that you do working with people, what have you noticed about people who are called friends or tagged as friends that sometimes are distracting people from their own work or not actually being in circuits with people? Like, what would you say about that?
1: Well, I mean, certainly there are people that live their lives in that way or from that place and haven't developed sort of a deeper understanding of what is possible, right? Then there are people that have a lot of friendships that are there to distract themselves from deeper work. So it's kind of two different. Mm answers to that question there's kind of two different people if you will but I think what I'm what I'm sensing is that we're really talking about ultimately the seeing is about mirroring right when we can mirror something that is hard for us to even see in ourselves to another person and we can say hey that part right there that not very many people can see I really like that part let's go inside that world and open it up and see what's potentially possible here. Mm. And that mirroring back someone's value in something that they otherwise find shame in, say. Like, let's just talk about intuitive capacity. Like, for a lot of people, being an empath or being highly intuitive is really difficult and is challenging for friendships, because they don't know where they begin or other people's end, you know, and it's just so <laughs> Been there, thing, right? And so as an empath, I think we attract friendships from a lot of different angles. Mm-hmm. And the evolution of an empath in, in their lives is to come to a place where they begin to seek their first friendship with themselves, right? And and with their idea of what's larger than themselves. And then once that orientation is firmly established and that fire is lit where the central f- point of home is, then they start to become aligned with their direction, their true north, and then any friendships that are not in alignment wow. become, kind of spin out and kind of like free radicals, they get um, shedded off the, the main organism. And then as the person becomes healthier and stronger, then the relationships they attract are the relationships that are the most strongly resonant with their alignment.
0: That makes so much sense, and I actually hadn't really thought of that as much either, but the better you saw yourself, the prerequisite to having a friendship with yourself, the deeper that that relationship became, the kinds of familiarities and seeings that you would have in other people would be entirely different. If you're your
1: first mirror, if you mirror your own value and what you value first, then you're only going to accept into your life people that hit you at that same resonance field.
0: Hmm. What would you say is the most important kind of work to be doing to increase that awareness of yourself, to to see yourself more clearly?
1: I think the first steps are to be alone in silence right? To be alone in nature, to be silent with another person, to be as still as possible, meditate, go for walks, be alone. I think it's how we first come into an awareness of ourselves as our friend, as a friend, as a point of origin. And then I think having good mirrors, people that mirror back the things that are um valuable in terms of progressing to higher states of consciousness and higher frequencies because that's really sort of what i think our our immune system is geared for and so the higher quality our friendships the better and stronger mirrors they are for the frequency we're looking for then the faster we all evolve together and the more work we all do at once good mirroring is really important because when, when we mm. have people in our lives that mirror back those things that we want to become stronger in and that, that their focus and their clarity about those things helps us gain more clarity about our own, right? Our own fields of resonances and alignments, those things that we want to cultivate and make bigger. Like we have asked, like we can, we can foster consumerism or we can foster spirituality just to lump them into easy targets. But our choice about which we foster is going to be geared towards what our relationship is to ourselves and how important that is to our truth and the relationships we have to other people that we respect and admire and how well they're able to mirror back those things that are of the higher frequencies Right. And so if we're thinking about evolution and those kinds of how I kind of view friendship, I view friendships also as multi not, not just multidimensional, but they're multi-lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we're all here to help each other grow. I guess that's kind of a fundamental tenet of what I think our interactions are here for. We think we're in service to each other um, also. And so it's a little like finding the, the brightest light in the field of lights, that which is mirroring back to you, the brightest part of yourself is helping you kind of reach that next. Yes. Right. And so there, there's your choice. I want to foster that in me. So I want to go deeper into that friendship to have that mirrored in me more so that I can come back and meet it stronger. And then we build that field of resonance together. Right. And then we attract other people that do that too. And, those choices don't come without first becoming sure about who you are and what you want and which light you perceive to be the brightest and why why that's the important light
0: which infers that the way to do that is to make wrong choices also to get messy totally. with it you know yeah. and, and be explorative i think when i look at how i got to the place that i am right now that i really appreciate and love being in as an important step along the journey is there was a lot of exploration. There was a lot of different attempts at different kinds of friendships. And I think if somebody has been in a stuck place for a long time in their life and they don't know why, it would probably be important to look at the ways they're spending time, the people they're spending time with, and notice the direct relation between those two things. Because what I've noticed, too, that has been you know such a benefit to my life is because I didn't grow up as structured as most people did change is easier for me than I think it is for a lot of people and you live in the same place you work at the same job you have the same social structure and not only are you constantly being mirrored from those people their values and their belief systems their strengths and also their weaknesses if you try to change very often that will trigger defense mechanisms in them that will scare them and sometimes they can even actively try to keep you from changing discourage you from changing because of the way that it interrupts the their
1: own mirroring process exactly right so people have an agreement and that agreement is based on what the mirroring is and what that feeds for each individual Yes. it's very often and most often an unconscious agreement which is where those early relationships that we find ourselves in are the most prolific right is when we're young and we're working mostly off unconscious conditioning that was provided and we're working to fill deficits that we're not quite even aware of what they really mean and so we're we're having relationships sort of like kind of like eating food right where we have relationships that feel good maybe taste good but are not Pretty good not for us wow. and so as we wake up and we come into a greater sense of awareness about ourselves through, through sometimes these relationships that's what they're there for is to say wait I'm This doesn't work for me anymore. And so when something doesn't work for you anymore, you have to build up all this understanding around it before you can make a change. And the idea is that we bring people to a place where they can make changes in their relationships from an open heart, from a place of neutrality, from a place while staying in their body, so that we learn that change, even within relationships, is healthy and beautiful and not necessarily isolating, negative, derogative, derogatory or breaking something you know we've been talking about breaking up and mm. you know that's wow. true but what if we could find a way to make changes from a place of the heart so that that recognition of yes i need to make a change but it's not personal towards you it's not a reflection this isn't a mirroring of what you're lacking this is mostly a sort of a an idea of where i'm going
0: it's not you, it's me.
1: It's not you, it's me. <laughs> but in the best, it, it, I mean, it always is, right? That's the end of the day. It's always you, never the other person. And if the other person knows that too, then we're all evolving together from a place of consciousness.
0: That neutrality is very challenging. Very challenging in those those sticky places. It was interesting that you point out, you know, the breaking of relationships is even the word that we use that relationships are broken that definitely implies that there is some string there is some physical or very tangible structure between people that exists during relationship or even agreement as you're saying it's interesting that we break agreements which also means that there was some kind of a structure because the word broken is a very specific word
1: what also implies failure
0: It does imply it
1: It implies blame, shame, shame, all the things that we're trying to get away from in terms of where we're fascinating, right? And so, this idea of conscious changing or conscious maneuvering relationships, conscious what's that called? Conscious breaking up? That's not the word. Conscious uncoupling? Yeah, that's the word. There's a lot of um, brilliance to that idea in that when we're creating less trauma through separation, then we're creating greater resilience in the organisms as they go out to couple again. Right. We're not doing all this damage where all this reparation has to happen before people can be ready and healed enough to move on
0: Ah, there's so much I want to talk about uh even that term conscious uncoupling you know that was popularized because of Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow breaking up except not breaking up conscious uncoupling and that's how I heard of it and I think that's how most people in the world heard of it and both of those people from my definition had friendships of a certain kind with masses of people through their work And so even if you approach them and you're like, Chris, oh my God, he might not be the most friendly to you. He might, I don't know, but through his work, I think the songs can be and have been true friends, constantly giving exactly what they are in a certain piece of him that was special and beautiful and have been there for people. I'm very interested personally in the process of growing my internal friendship in such a way that it can become as valuable as those kinds of people have been to me, that my work can live inside of forms like music, like words, like a business or a methodology or whatever. I love that idea, but it's just really interesting that it was two people like that whose personal situation many of us have faced. They come to a breakthrough. They come to an understanding of some kind with somebody's help, but still that internal friendship that they built allowed for them to be in a place where they're able to share something as beautiful as a concept as unconscious coupling uh, with so many people so i don't know if i'm getting too confused no there.
1: i mean i think that's 100 percent right and what the what the core aspect of that is is love and beauty and Seeing that inside each of us is a soul that wants to be loved and connected to and thought of as valuable and wants to be in a reciprocity of relationship. And so that even when it's not working for us, instead of seeing that as judgment against the other person or this is a situation, you know we're all co-creators of our own lives and our environments and our friendships and our relationships. And so taking responsibility for that and saying, oh, this isn't working for me anymore, but that doesn't make you any less beautiful than you've ever been. And so how do I embrace your beauty and love you and maintain our friendship the part of us that's the most important and infinite while transitioning out of the romantic investment into the broader platitudes. Wow. You know, and we don't lose sight of that because that's the heartline that's that keeps us connected to health and well-being and joy and all of that.
0: I think I'm coming back to this thing we kind of talked to earlier about let's say there is someone who's listening to this right now and they don't feel like they're beautiful. They don't feel connected. To that kind of a seeing. They don't feel like they have people around them in their life right now that do mirror that in a way that they can feel. You mentioned spending time alone, you mentioned meditating and being with nature and stuff, but I feel like for a lot of people who have been living that way for a long time, not only would that feel agonizing, it would also feel like what the heck am I even doing? Wouldn't try for very long and just kind of give up. So can you, having been somebody who's well-journeyed in that space, can could you give us some things to look for? So let's say I decide I want to make a change. I go out to the woods alone. What, should I look for something specifically? Should I try to be aware of something? If I'm looking in myself for my own beauty, are there any kind of markers or guidelines or anything?
1: One of the things that I would suggest is if... Because, I don't know, the way you said going out into the woods alone does sound rather isolating... But the idea is to, to come into a greater capacity to hear the self. That's all we're trying to do is eliminate the chatter okay. and come into a greater ability to just hear yourself. And often those kinds of things can happen with another person. It's about becoming more aware of what your conversation is with another person. Beautiful. Be more, more aware of the give and take. And if you're in the woods, take another person with you. Just be aware that you're not getting caught in chatter. And so keep your awareness to the point of really hearing, really listening. And I think those are really the first steps. And then what do you do with what you hear? Well, say it to another person. Write it down. Create a dialogue with what you're hearing so that more comes across the line. So that you build a relationship to yourself. You build that friendship, but if at any point it feels too isolating, come back in to the group's dynamics because we're we're pack animals, we're herd animals, we're meant to be with other people, right? And so all of that can happen. It's just very easily what's happened is we get caught in tangential conversations or we get caught in some dramas as as a way to avoid our own truth. You know, have you ever been in a group of people and your real truth is that you don't like them or you don't (laughs) want to be there, but you've been conditioned and trained that that's where you're supposed to be. And so you have all these conversations and these experiences. But the truth is, it's just not even for you. But how do you get to a place where you can hear that and then feel so strongly about it or so supportive of it that you act on it?
0: Which is self-advocating, which is self-friendship.
1: Exactly. And that's that's, what that's the door we're looking to open, is how do we get that voice, the voice that's what you truly feel, how do we get that voice to come through the
0: strongest? Okay, one last question for you. Even though I have a million, beauty, I know, is something that's very important to you and very central to your practice. And we didn't get tons of time to go into it, but beauty is definitely a big part of how real friendships form you know, the seeing of beauty, etc., uh, And that would also be true of friendships with yourself. Also, you know, when we're talking about music or a tree or whatever, there's a seeing, there's a sensing, there's an awareness of beauty in those things that spurs probably the awareness in the first place. So I'm wondering, what would you say about somebody specifically who's looking for beauty in themselves? What is beauty? What does that mean to you? How would you describe your relationship with the beauty that's in you?
1: Well, I believe that everything that we experience is a mirror of what we're experiencing internally, right? And so if I'm having a particularly tough day for whatever the reason is, I'll go for a walk and just make sure I'm aware of every flower I see, right? And so every bougainvillea bush is like, oh, this beautiful, and I just take a moment and reflect on its beauty knowing in another part of myself that that is me reflecting on my own beauty because that bougainvillea is a reflection of my own beauty and my ability to experience it is a reflection of all of our ability to experience beauty together, right? So.
0: So maybe a person could just look in the whole sky in front of them, the whole arrangement of everything, and maybe they could say, well, I only see like these three small tiny things that are beautiful everything else seems to be horrible that's great just go straight for those three tiny things and it's exactly. so close to them that they fill up your entire vision and then start there and then it expands and grows
1: exactly if all in the sky the only thing that you see is beautiful is just a particular wisp of a particular color go there that's it that's all the that's the light that's the beauty
0: I love that thank you
1: yeah thank you